0: Welcome back to the Strength and Speed Podcast. I'm your host, Conquer the Gauntlet Pro and Strength and Speed owner, Evan Preparis. I've got two other Conquer the Gauntlet Pros with me on the line. We're going to introduce them and then get to our episode sponsor and do a couple other shout outs before we get things going. So joining me, I have Lisa Nondorf, Masters uh, CTG Specialist, and who just won her first gauntlet at Conquer the Gauntlet, Iowa. So Lisa, welcome.
1: Thank you. Yay, CTG is back.
0: Yeah. So we're going to talk about that a little bit later in the episode. And then we also have the newest athlete for the Conquer the Gauntlet Pro Team. We have Jenny Overstreet. So Jenny, welcome.
2: Hi. Thank you.
0: (laughs) And before I forget, this episode is brought to you by Hyleet. So if you're not familiar with Hyleet, you probably haven't been involved very much in the OCR or CrossFit world because they're like all over the place in that. They make some great athletic clothing and then they make some of the best backpacks. So, if you've ever seen me at a race, I'm always carrying a High backpack. Either the six in one, which is super versatile and it actually comes in like can break it apart. You can use it as like a briefcase slash like computer bag and also as like a full duffel bag type thing. So, that's super good. They also have the icon, which I don't think they make anymore. But I also just mm-hmm. picked up a whole bunch of new High stuff, including. They make like legit dress clothes. So I'm going to – I got a button-down shirt that I'm going to wear on Sunday and I'm excited for it. It's like really soft and it has like an athletic fit unlike some of the other dress clothes you might buy. It's not like a, like a normal department store. And they also have a polo shirt that I picked up that was also very, very soft. So I think that's going to be my go-to look, presentable, and not just like an athlete who rolled out of the gym. <laughs> yeah, clothes. I got
1: – Doug has the like the nice pants – and that's what he wears when he has to dress up at work.
0: <laughs> it's awesome. <laughs> I, I didn't even know until I got them. Like I didn't even know that they had that line. Like I never, I guess, dug around the website that much. So they really yeah. have some really good stuff. Yeah. And then I'm actually wearing, I'm wearing one of their shorts right now. They make shorts without a liner and then ones with a liner. So I'm going to write a couple of reviews mm-hmm. for that. And I'm also wearing our CDG warm up outfit. So it's like a really yeah. soft hoodie that i love yes,
1: that's the best thing ever
0: yes all right
2: let's i am actually wearing their running shorts right now too oh, They're like my favorites because i have pockets on the side that i can put all my things in. so yeah <laughs> yeah
0: <laughs> awesome. yeah i really like the the pockets i have a lot of them have zippers which is super nice for yep. if you're going running uh put your keys your phone in there or whatever and then actually the verge two shorts i just got actually have a loop on your back left side that like if you get for, this is good for guys. I think it's good for girls too if you have a sports bra on underneath. But if you get hot, you basically just take off your shirt and you like loop it through this loop and then you don't have to carry it, which is <laughs> super nice. g- I like to run to Starbucks and I can't go into Starbucks shirtless. It's socially inappropriate. So <laughs> yeah. So I run with a shirt on and then I when I after I finish Starbucks and I finish up my run, I have to like carry it in my hand and it's always like flopping around and stuff. So
1: decided I I that out.
0: All right, let's get to some content in today's episode. So we're going to get to know Jenny a little bit better because she's pretty new to the OCR scene. And then we're also going to talk about Conquer the Gauntlet. They are back. Mid OCR is alive and well in the Midwest. Um, I know Spartan yeah. has canceled all their 2020 events. Tough Mudder canceled all their 2020 events. Bone Frog has canceled all their 2020 yeah. events. Yeah. But yeah. of the Gauntlet, the first one already happened. And... Every time I talk to the owners, they're like, yeah, it's, we're, we're good to go. It's going. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. And then KC Timber Challenge, uh, Kansas City's only permanent obstacle course, has held three events this year and is about to hold their fourth on September 6th. But first, let's get to know Jenny better. So, Jenny, basically you've won every OCR that comes through Kansas City. The, <laughs> you know the, You know, Warrior Dash, Rugged Maniac. Um, you're on the podium last year of Conquer the Gauntlet. I can't remember what, what event that was. And you've been just off the podium a couple of times there. So Mm -hmm. let's, let's start off with, you know, like take us through, you know, who you are growing up and what sports you played and how you got involved.
2: Yeah. So, um, growing up, I, the main sport that I played was soccer. So, um, did that from the time I was maybe four or five um took a little bit of a break I did a little bit of gymnastics for a year or two and then got back into soccer and around junior high and took that all the way through high school um I didn't play in college um it just didn't work out for me to do that but I still love it and I still kind of play recreationally a little bit with some adult teams um I also did, starting in high school, a lot of extreme sport type things like skateboarding, snowboarding. I still wakeboard now when I can, um, that kind of thing. So that's kind of how I, I grew up. Um, I have been teaching group exercise classes for uh, six, seven years now. And I started OCR in 2017 or no, exactly 2018. 18, I believe was my first OCR that I did with a, a group from my boot camp class. <laughs> so we were just like, Hey, let's go have some fun. And it was the Kansas city December challenge. So, nice. um, went through that and did a couple of those with some small groups. Um, and then in 2000, the end of 2018, I decided that I wanted to kind of pursue that a little bit more and try competitively. And, uh, first one was a rugged maniac, I believe. And um, I jumped in on the competitive heat in that one. And I did, and I was able to um, place the top 10 and just from there, like sparked fire under me to take that more um, seriously and actually start kind of training for it and um, put a little more focus towards my training. Cause I've always done, you know, some type of exercise program or something, you know, I've got something physical going on that I'm working on, but it was going to give me like direction for that. So that was like the end of 2019, and now I've been kind of just training and getting more into it <laughs> as I go. Awesome. Yeah. Nice.
0: Now you mentioned wakeboarding. Uh, explain to that real quick what, pe- what that is to people if they're not familiar.
2: And so it's, um, one board that you're strapped into sideways with a rope behind a boat.
1: <laughs> yeah. So we're skiing yeah. on a,
0: since on a single board.
1: Exactly. Yeah. Yep. It's snowboarding yep. on the water. Yep. Exactly. <laughs> yeah,
0: exactly. Now, <laughs> yeah. back in 2016, I did OCR America and I was talking to Jared Newby, the owner of Noob Sanity. And we were talking about how like you can steal lessons from other sports and one of the ones he brought up for grip strength, you know, usually people say climbers or some sort of weightlifting type thing for grip strength. But one of the things he brought up was water skiing. Uh, are there any do, like? Do you feel that experience wakeboarding helped you with grip strength? And uh, if so, uh,
2: yeah, yeah, I, would say, I would say. Any lessons we can I would say, yeah. I mean, it definitely takes a lot of upper body strength, um, and coordination grip strength. Yeah, that for sure. But, um, I definitely remember like feeling pretty fatigued in the upper body, like when I wakeboard, I haven't been able to get out there at all this year, um, yet, but, but yeah, I would say it benefits for
0: sure. Cool. Now what made you finally decide to take the leap from, you know, running this as a group with your friends to let's do this competitive and then let's do this competitive at a high level.
2: Going through with a group is, is awesome. Like I still do that. Still really enjoy that. It's just a very different, um, different feeling. Like it's, it's one thing to go through with a group and I'm usually their trainer or have trained them or worked with them at some capacity as far as working on their fitness. And it's more me like watching them, um, accomplish something. And I think the competitive aspect has been, um, just me challenging myself in that way and being able to see myself perform and accomplish goals.
1: Do you, what is your favorite style of working out? Because it sounds like you're very versatile in a lot of things you do, but if you had to build like your favorite training regime, what would it include? What would it entail? oh that would be so tough lisa <laughs> i, <think laughs>
2: I would say want to ask it. easy questions, just said
1: yeah. ask questions. <laughs>
2: so um yeah so i um have a couple different certifications one of which is crossfit crossfit does um boast as being kind of an all-around um basically encompassing all areas of fitness um i don't 100 percent believe that with CrossFit because there's, I think there's some pieces missing, but I kind of like that idea. Um, You know, I do incorporate the um, lifting along with um, some gymnastics movements and some cardiovascular things and that kind of stuff. Um, So I do really like and appreciate that. I think maybe like a mix of that kind of stuff with maybe some climbing plus some like endurance. <laughs> like, yeah. can we can we do it all. all um, right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Our um, house. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's um awesome. yeah.
0: So take us through like what a normal training week looks like for you.
2: Um normal well, training week. I'm sorry, there's some background noise out here now. Um Uh, so typically, um, a lot of running, I have two little boys and I'm working full time. You mentioned I'm the fit director at ROKC, so, um, pretty busy schedule, which means a lot of really early mornings for me. So I typically, um, have one day that would be a long trail run day. Um, a couple, you know, recovery days thrown in there, like short, easy runs, um, I try to do two to three probably strength workouts a week um, just really kind of focusing on um, building strength and then two to three days where I will also work on grip training and um, just specific like grip upper body work and then I also try to sprinkle in some climbing there too. Um, I really kind of since um working at I've fallen in love with climbing in general and i just really really enjoy that and i think it's just a great way to to move your body too so i try to do that probably about two three times a week if i'm able to fit that in <laughs> so the the benefit of working at a climbing gym is that i can you know take breaks and kind of work on those things but um that's that's the bulk of it yeah
0: Gotcha. And ROKC Climbing Gym, the new one, Olathe, is just phenomenal. I mean, it is so big. The pictures don't do it justice. So I, I do have a review coming out on Mud Run Guide for them. But if you're in the Kansas City area, or you're passing through the Kansas City area, like you, you seriously need to go check it out. The It has the largest wall, both height wise and width wise, I've ever seen in an indoor climbing gym and surface area wise. Like it's just, it's just enormous. It wraps around like one complete side of the building and then parts of the other. And then it's got an overhang. And then on top of that, it's got an upstairs area for climbing. And then the fitness area is also insane. I mean, there's, there's treadmills, there's, there's all sorts of ellipticals and Jacob's ladder. And, um, and then there's like a full gym on, on the downstairs too. So it's one of those gyms where you don't need to like buy a separate pass for, you know, you you don't need to have like a right normal gym membership plus a climbing membership. You can just have just the climbing, That climbing gym membership and it has everything you need in there uh right there that's awesome so i agree and if anyone was at the uh protein takeover back in march like literally a couple days before everything went into quarantine then uh you may have seen it because that's when it opened basically right before quarantine
2: yeah you you guys were one of the few that got to fully experience it (laughs) for for quarantine so jealous all we have is our backyard yeah That's, you have a pretty nice backyard though
0: yeah. <laughs> so for those who don't know lisa or follow doug on social media lisa tell us about your backyard just to um so people stop um, feeling bad for you because there's yeah no they
1: can't bad um doug and i are from cross trainers too so we live right off a bayou that goes right out into the ocean so um we do a lot of Um, Doug does a lot of wakeboarding. I don't quite wakeboard yet. I don't trust my arm yet, but he wakeboards. Um, We do stand up paddle out of the backyard. But what we primarily have is um, our living room is a rock wall. So we do have a a rock wall running through our living room. Um, We have monkey bars in our living room. We have rope hangs in our living room. (laughs) Um, We do have the beater bar that is in the living room. So um, we're pretty good about like just Going from one room to the other, we can play floor is lava inside the house, but then outside the house, um, pre-quarantine, we had like um, a rig set up in the backyard, um, and then we have a pass that goes underneath our deck, and then um, Doug, when I was coming back after my injury, he built stairway in the backyard, but then during quarantine, he linked everything together, so we have about 80 feet. You can run 80 foot rig pass in our backyard. Um, So it it just doesn't stop. And we're building a lot of balance obstacles because we're running out of anything to hang on. So (laughs) we're getting a little, like he hung a spool because CTD was coming back. So I was scared of, I call it the stupid black spinning, thing. Um, And so he hung a, like a cable spool it's, I don't know if you know what those are, but they're huge. And so he hung one and put some um, two by four grip holds on, like just regular two by fours on it. So you have to like lache onto it, swing and then lache off of it. So the amount of obstacles that we're now building is getting a little ridiculous. (laughs) So um, yeah, we're trying to find the hardest path and then Every day for training, you can hear it. One of us will be in the house, and you can hear, like, creak, creak, creak outside. And so we'll just yell, are you outside playing? And um, <laughs> so we'll come out, and the fun is trying to stump each other. Like, what path can I do that Doug can't do? And then he'll, I'll come home from somewhere, and, like, I made a new path, and then I'll have to figure it out. So it's pretty fun. It's, it's amazing to have that kind of training partner. So So I feel bad that we don't have gym access. But, um, there's times that I miss lifting and things like that, which we don't have access to. So, yeah.
0: and that's what happens when you have two pro OCR people living together. And, uh, <laughs> I, I guess my only question for you, Lisa, is there any, is there any line that you're not willing to cross as far as built, turning your house into a giant OCR course, right? Cause it seems like every time <laughs> you post a new video, there's something new going on.
1: Um, probably not. And I don't know, like, I always say Doug's worse, but on all honesty, I don't know who's worse. Because <laughs> <laughs> there's times that I, it was my idea to link the two together. And I'll blame him for everything. So if you ask me, everything is going to be Doug's fault. But if I'm being honest with everything, I'm 50% to blame. Because we just like, that's how, you know, most people sit and watch TV at night. We don't really do that. We'll go outside, jump on the trampoline, play on the obstacles. We'll climb the rock wall. You know, we'll do things like that. So that's kind of our night entertainment. So.
2: I feel like you could just start charging people to come.
1: We actually a couple of people <laughs> and said we could physically have a race in our backyard. Um, wow. And so there were some people that asked, like, would you guys ever consider doing a race in your backyard? And we could even do, they were saying, what about an endurance event? And I was like, well, if you want to keep being laps around our neighborhood, that's up to you. But, um, no, but yeah, they, we only could.
0: I think you should need to sort of bed and breakfast, like <laughs> OCR go. theme bed and breakfast. <laughs> yeah. If there's exactly. like a local race in your area, this is like the perfect bed and breakfast yeah. idea. And yeah. then on top of that, you can do, I think you can do time trial events, right? So you, yeah. you charge someone X amount of dollars to run the race and yeah. they post the time and you know, yeah, yep, some, over right. the next three months or whatever, whoever has posted the fastest time, you know, wins, I don't know, right. X percentage the only hard of the part is entries.
1: We would be, um, we would either have to water down everything we do or somebody would have to come in and not get so mad because, like I said, we, um, we kind of get ridiculous with the amount of things that we are hanging in our backyard. <laughs> <laughs> like bowling balls are common. It's common to have a hanging bowling ball that you have to like transition on and off of or bowling pins are really at this point, like in Doug and I, he gave me the challenge. He got so excited because I came home and he's like, I can one arm the bowling pin. So I one armed the bowling pin and then got mad. So we always have to play one up on each other. So anyone new coming in, I always feel really bad for.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so... Nice. Now we mentioned at the beginning of the podcast, most of 2020 has been a wash, but not in the Midwest. Um, finally, our lower population density is an advantage because there's fewer cases, there's less people. Um, so the events are going on. Um, some of the smaller events are going on and specifically we had conquer the gauntlet a couple of weeks ago. So uh, Jenny, why don't you share some thoughts on conquer the gauntlet and then Lisa jump in afterwards.
2: Uh, well, first off, it just felt so good to race <laughs> like, it just was amazing uh but the view was awesome. I feel like they did a great job of kind of keeping people separate um at, you know as like people are wanting to see like i th- I think that maybe in general the the turnout was a little less than usual anyway, but definitely didn't seem um it didn't seem like there was a lot of crowds or crowded but um everything was kind of spaced out great there were you know weren't, people weren't bunched up together right next to each other or anything like that um and I just thought everything was like perfect <laughs> like, they've um up at some of their obstacles and kind of things around and it was just um a really really great day and it may just be that I was just so happy to be able to race <laughs> but um but yeah they just did a great job with everything so
1: yeah
0: now lisa how did your race go we mentioned at the beginning but take us through take us through that
1: my race or lisa <laughs> lisa <laughs> okay oh mine. Yeah. um i tell everybody i ran my race Um, and I, I'm going into the season with that philosophy because initially I put too much pressure on myself, um, after the injury to coming back. And so I, Iowa is a course that I really enjoy. Um, I sometimes have a hard time running there just because, of all of the corn and hay and things that it affects my asthma pretty bad, but, um, I tend to always fare well there. So I guess that's to my advantage too, um, but I started the race and I just said, I'm running this race to get redemption from last year and mentally needed it. And so, um, I think I got to, I remember getting to Z beam and that's where I said a book of the girls were backed up. Um, I think Jenny you were there, you, you wanted to change your address and move into Z beam for a while, but, um, yes. <laughs> <laughs> but I like it, um, you know, and I got through, um, and then when I got to Pegatron, um, like Jen said to me that um, she thought that the first girl through was Kelly. Actually, so when I got to Pegatron, I caught some of the other girls, but there were a lot of guys there, and they've done a remarkable job at upgrading and updating all the obstacles. They all were extremely safe. Um, Pegatron said though, I, it was um, the pegs were much shorter than I remembered them being, much smoother than I remember them being. So, um, I think the benefit that I have is Doug and I train on our pegs constantly. I mean, we're constantly on our pegboard. So even with it being as slick and smooth, a little bit angled as it was, um, I didn't have any pegatron problems. And so I, I believe I was, well, I know I was the first girl to get through, in my brain, I didn't even, I was like, Oh, clearly other girls have gotten through. So I'm just going to keep going my race. Um, and so I didn't have any obstacle issues, um, like minor hiccups, but nothing major. And I remember Doug came back and caught me at the, um, the, the crawl. It was the, um, I think the wire crawl and He's like, babe, you're doing great. And I just remember as as you run through it and be like, whoa, it's a girl. And I was like, oh, I'm a girl, you know? Um, And so when I saw Doug, he just kind of said to me, you're doing really well, babe. And I looked at him and there was only about half a mile left of the course. And I was like, am I in first? And I just remember him saying, yeah, and by a landslide, nobody's right behind you. And I said, we are, but um, second place I had gotten hung up on Slackline. She got to Slackline when I left Slackline. And um, and I, like, she must have gotten stuck there for a little while. So, um, and then just happened to finish the course. And it was, you know, it winning the race wasn't the it was amazing to win, but for me, it was the fact that I wanted redemption on that race course and I felt like I got it. And so it, it's doing a lot for my confidence, um, which I needed this to get back.
0: So, and if people are not tracking Lisa tore her bicep early 2019 or late 2018. So last year was real rough for her. So she didn't really get to race much. And when she finally did come back it you know, trouble doing the obstacles that you normally could breeze through so
1: yeah so yeah and it's mentally you know and even coming back um I've done five ninja comps now this year as well and um you know and I just keep saying to like Doug I'm like why are these so easy and he's like because you've trained your butt off at home you know um PT every single day still um you know because I have I wasn't able to get the bicep repaired. So I do race missing a complete bicep. It was a distal tear. So the bicep is gone. Um, my surgeon asked if he, if I ever wanted it, I could have the bicep completely removed, but I said, no, it would make me really have a skinny arm. So, um, but, so yeah, I can't open a jar, but I can hang off a nunchuck.
0: It's <laughs> <That's laughs>
1: so, amazing. And I- yeah.
0: I've been more impressed with you over the last, you know, year than than I ever was before. You know, because there's a lot of people get in, you know, they get to a certain level and you get injured and it it puts you back so far that a lot mm-hmm. of people are like, all right, I guess this is just this is just a sign, you know, it's time for me to give up and move on to something else. And you have fought back so ferociously, like it is, I mean, it's been impressive to see, you know, Thanks. just the the training videos and then your performance at races. So, I mean, I when I found out that you won the race. I was so excited. I was like, like, it literally made my day. That's how good it was. It was so good. So,
1: yeah, I think, um, for me, and like I said, it was, it was kind of in shock, you know, I was like, wait, how is this possible? Because, you know, this, this shouldn't be happening, but, um, it just, it's been a long year. It's been a lot of work. Um, and Doug will tell you, it has all been happy, smiley stuff, but, um, but, it's great having a support system like the team, and you know, an amazing boyfriend and my family, and it's made it worth. It. Like it, it's worth it. You know, I would tell anybody that gets injured. My surgeon said that I'd never be able to come back. So um, the best letter I ever had to write they included a picture of me on top of a podium and say I came back.
0: So. Nice. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. Any final thoughts, Jenny? On Conquer the Gauntlet before we move on to Casey Timber Challenge.
2: Um, no, I think I mean I, I think it's just like the best race series <laughs> It's So much fun, and like Lisa mentioned, like they're constantly upgrading the the obstacles. Like stairway was new this year, and it's like perfect. So, um, yeah, it's just it's just a lot of fun. I'm ready for the next one.
0: Yeah. So yeah. coming up for Conquer the Gauntlet, September twelfth. There's an Oklahoma race. And that is mm-hmm. basically Tulsa and Oklahoma City combined. There's only one Oklahoma race this year. September 26th is Little Rock. And then, what's the next one? Uh, sometime in October is Dallas, 17th, I believe. Mm-hmm. And then the, what is it, the 7th, the same weekend as virtual World's Toughest is Wichita. So yep. my plan is yep. to go to Wichita. Um, unless I'm working and then I'll probably do virtual world's toughest. So right. and I know some people I was talking to were like, Oh, you gonna do world's toughest or you can do CTG Wichita. And I was like, if, if I can go to Wichita, I'm going to, like, I'm going to a real race. I'm not giving a right. chance between a virtual race and a real race. The real race wins every time. You know, it doesn't, I, right. I would, it doesn't matter what level it's at. So, um, right. And I think they, they are doing for toughest and world's toughest. They are doing, they are going to make it, uh, I'm gonna use air quotes that you can't see competitive, like you can check in on Strava and stuff like that, but I don't know. That's it's not the same. Not the same. No. And I'm all yeah. about supporting them. Uh, I'm all about supporting them if I can. I don't know anything else going on. But uh, yeah. Real race real race wins out every time. Yeah. All right. So let's There's talk Casey. God,
1: not too long.
0: Let's talk Casey Timber Challenge. Yeah, right. <laughs> let's talk Casey Timber <laughs> Challenge. You know, the Kansas City's permanent obstacle course, they also got a zip line. Uh, You can go head over to their Facebook page, ZipKC. Uh, Stokeshed just shot a video for them for their zip line, which is up on their page. And Stokeshed also shot their last two events. So they shot the Family Timber Challenge and they shot the Wild Women's Timber Challenge. So Jenny, uh, just take us through some of their course and some of their unique type events. Yeah, so KC
2: Timber Challenge, they just... Uh, they are one that are constantly upgrading and changing things too so i'm just really proud of them and like to see the growth that they've made over the last couple of years even um it's like every time we have a race they have something new or something they've changed up the course and they do a great job of marking the course so um the extreme should be four miles is that right and um like I said, they mark the course perfectly. It's a great um, trail even just to run on as it is. And then the obstacles, um, they're constantly updating to and adding on to. They'll have their kind of own version of stairway to heaven. They'll have things to hop over, things to crawl under. They last year had a tire pole. I'm imagining they'll probably have that again this year. They have a rig with rings. They actually have a low rig that is very legit and hard to get through.
0: <laughs> it's, it's, um, that's like one of the hardest obstacles I do all year. It pumps my arm. Um, it's I, awkward and it pumps my arms out. Like I, I remember getting off it last year because it, it had rained that morning. So like the yes. obstacle was wet and I just remember getting off and my arms were like swollen. I was like, oh, that was terrible but yeah, it's a lot better when it's dry so yeah, yeah. we'll
2: see yeah they do a great job with it um, what else is there? walls they have good big walls to get over they're always a challenge for me they, yeah, they just do a great job of putting it all together, and it's just a really, really fun event out in the woods. I think that every person I have ever taken out there has enjoyed it so much, and I always do like all the first heat with a more, you know, competitive feel, and then go through with it because it's just so much fun. So.
0: Yeah, I know I've said this on the podcast before, but if you did CTG XDC when they did the combined event there mm-hmm. at the time, XDC was nothing to write home about but now i mean it is it is it's like a completely different course it's it's so much better than it was back in 2016 2017 and i've raced every event they've had this year so i did the winter one winter time the yeti the one where you know you're onto the snow that was part of ocr america and you smash the car at the end so that's cool i did the wild women's Timber challenge for the first time
2: <laughs> which
0: uh all w- women's race but you can go as long as you dress and drag so um sure. You know, I hadn't raced in a while, so it was, uh, it was time, to, time to play. So uh, me and my me, daughter- You
2: weren't the only one, yeah.
0: Yeah, me and my daughter wore matching outfits, and we looked phenomenal. Bobby Ross was there from Stokeshed. He, he was dressed as a woman, and uh, Gary Shaw and Nicole Fleming, uh, who I had in the podcast, talking about drinking, drinking and running at the same time. <laughs> nah, they were sober for that event, I think. Maybe not. Maybe they were sneaking Maybe. one in. I don't know, and then the the one the re- most recent one was the Family Timber Challenge, which it's purposely shorter and scaled more for children, so you know it was only two miles, uh, so I ran the first lap hard, and then I ran the second lap with my daughter. It was the first adult OCR she's done, so uh, five awesome. years old, and like like, no kidding, she legit like ran the first mile, like completely ran, like we were passing people. <laughs> For the first mile. I was like, oh my goodness. Um, then she started getting tired. She's not
1: tired. playing, Evan. She's not yeah. playing.
0: She's not playing. No. She's, she's deadly serious. Well, the yep. problem is she hangs around people like you two, and she goes to these races, <laughs> and she sees the women just like, you know, they're focused and they're crushing it. So she thinks that's the way everyone's supposed to behave. So she shows up at the start line. She's like, game on. We're here to win. It's it. like, okay. That's
2: great. <laughs> that's it. Start him young.
0: Exactly. Yeah. So I'm going to write, I am going to have an article on muttering guide about running with my five-year-old and, you know, some of the other things to consider. Um, obviously pacing, a lot of children have trouble. A lot of adults have trouble pacing, but child okay. children, especially, but some of the other things I didn't consider, like, um, you know, uh, I probably should have, we had to stop and get water at one point, which I was not expecting uh, earlier than I, I thought we'd need water. And right. um, I, I should have brought like a, the equivalent of a gel. So I, she wouldn't want a gel, but I should have brought like a package of gummies or something for her yeah because her little body I mean, was did, burning through carbs did she, yeah
2: did she get into the mud at all
0: no so she
2: yeah. didn't so <laughs>
0: five-year-old girl does not what's funny is she loves puddles right so if it's if it's like you know if she can see the bottom and splash around she's all in but when it when it gets like murky water not interested
1: how does my, mm-hmm. my girl people ask why i'm so good on obstacles and i say because i'm so afraid to fall in water i can't see the bottom. <laughs>
0: Yeah. <laughs> also keep in mind lisa is a professional high diver just a friendly <laughs> reminder there oh you,
1: i didn't know that
0: <laughs> if you missed the last yeah. episode or the the first episode of the time we had her on um lisa tell people what your highest dive is and your highest stunt dive is please
1: okay so my highest dive is labeled as 100 feet it's probably a true like 87 feet um, when you stand on it the flag is at 100 so we called it 100 feet um so, and we would dive into, at that point, um, they banned our 10 feet. So we were 12 feet of water. So at 85 feet. So, mm-hmm. and then I also did multiple fire dives where they light you on fire. And then you <laughs>
0: no big deal. It's no big deal.
1: <laughs> but that's only from 50 feet in the air. So that's not that bad.
0: Oh, just 50 feet. Just 50. If you went to world's so, toughest mudder, that's about 15 feet higher than the cliff. Oh, and you're yeah. on fire, by the way. So. And you're on fire,
1: yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so it's fine. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, we, so I always laugh because everyone, whenever you do like high jumps and everyone's like, are you nervous? I'm like, oh yeah, I'm scared. But not really. <laughs> no, not really. So it was part of life growing up.
0: All right, we're going to start wrapping things up. Before we go though, three people on the podcast. So tell us one thing people would be surprised to know about you. So we'll start off with Jenny and then we'll uh, go to Lisa.
2: Oh, yay. Okay. So you two already know this, but um, I once let someone talk me into trying out dancing. Like I said, I'm always trying to like physical things. I once tried out to be an NFL cheerleader and I actually did um, make their PR squad and joined that for a little while. So I got to, Around the stadium and take pictures with fans and stuff. So,
0: nope. I don't think I knew that.
1: That's that's amazing. <laughs> that's amazing. <laughs> Can and you 9.5. please post some of those yeah. pictures for like let's the put, podcast let's... promo?
2: We need yes. those. Please.
0: <laughs> I'm getting. Was it for the Chiefs?
2: Maybe. <laughs> was yeah. it was for? The Chiefs. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So,
0: I knew a guy in the military, and his wife was an ex Buccaneers, uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers cheerleader. And I oh, was, sur- really? I was surprised that like she- one, I was surprised they were not paid very much. Um, no. I guess uh, I guess if there's a lot of girls lined up to take your spot, there's not a really neat reason to pay them that much. And then on top of that, I was surprised that like since you have to try out every year, right? Like they, yep, you they, like know. wipe the slate clean. Um, yeah. It's. It seemed like almost it, you know. I mean, I'm sure it benefited a little bit, but it seemed like you didn't really benefit you that much um, with making the team the next year, just because you were on it last year. Maybe I'm wrong. Yeah.
2: Yeah, No. I mean, there are some you know politics involved or whatever, but
0: but yeah.
2: No girls that tried out the you know for their second or third year and got cut. So yeah. That's wild. Yeah.
0: We have a professional high diver and a professional cheerleader yeah
1: <laughs> we are awesome
0: so i i, I have to dress up I,
1: too i dressed up like a pirate once like a mermaid oh. <laughs> and then they let you on fire <laughs> and they let me on fire
0: yeah. that was like the two clown. of you are being treated pretty differently <laughs> <laughs> they're pushing lisa off of a uh, 100 foot cliffs and setting her on fire and you're taking pictures <laughs> of people and uh shooting outfits yeah. Are there yes. any lessons from cheerleading we can apply to OCR just out of curiosity?
2: Oh goodness. Let me think. Um, <laughs> I, I don't know. Smile over the cameras. Maybe. <laughs> yes. <laughs> to have a positive <laughs> attitude always. Maybe. Okay. I don't know. That, that would be the best one. <laughs> yeah. Uh,
1: that's awesome. Yeah.
0: All right, Lisa, what do you got for us? That's new.
1: Well, we'll go on with the diving thing because, you know, we talk about the fact that I was a high diver and I just mentioned that um, I've dressed in mermaid costumes. So one year we started a show and we always had a synchronized swimmer that had to be act as the mermaid and they had to swim in the water um, and you had to breathe like on a hose. I'm sure like in Vegas, some people have seen these. Well, our synchronized swimmer got in the water and we had just filled it and the water was really, really cold. And she immediately got hypothermia and could not do the part. And back then I was pretty much the only girl that did stunt diving. (laughs) So they slapped a mermaid tail and a bra on me and I got to learn how to be a mermaid for the rest of the season because the synchronized swimmer couldn't come back. So when I say I've been a mermaid I truly have, um, and it was very humbling experience because you can't walk, so and you can't come out of costume, so I would have to carry it around everywhere. <laughs> so it was, it was pretty amazing and awesome, and quite embarrassing when my friends would come to watch the show and I was being starred as a mermaid. <laughs>
0: so. Okay, so now for the podcast cover, we need uh, a picture of you in the mermaid outfit. <laughs> the
1: and Jenny the, as a cheerleader. And Jenny <laughs> That's exactly right. People are like, what is up with this OCF team? Like, What has happened?
0: I'm, I'm going to ask for another one, Lisa, because you used that one, or that came up in discussion last time. Cause did it I, was, really? I was very confused at how you were a mermaid. Like Conceptually, I was having a hard time picturing <sighs> it. So I remember asking a lot of questions and being very confused.
1: I don't think I ever use that for what people don't know. I'm no, running did, out it was, of things. It just
0: came up in conversation. It came up in conversation.
1: Oh, that's right. Oh, so you do know that. Um, let's see. What else don't you know? My favorite animal is an owl. But everyone kind of knows that. But I don't like publicize it. But every single room in our house has an owl in, and Doug loves it. It's his favorite thing.
0: Ever. Oh, that's weird. Have you ever been to Brenna's place? Was no, you- but I know she loves owls too. So yeah, it, was that's like what's comical. it was like creepy. It was like creepy going in there.
1: So uh, she got me for Secret Santa one year, and I got all this owl stuff. So I knew it was her. <laughs> I was like, it's the only other person that gets it. <laughs> so, yeah. There's an out every single room in our house. So it may be hidden, but there is one in there. So, yeah.
0: All right. So I'm going to go off the animal theme for this one. And so I, I've mentioned on the podcast, well, like I'll go down rabbit hole. I'll find something that I find somewhat interesting and I just like dive deep down the rabbit hole and start watching YouTube videos and reading books on it. And I've mentioned that I, so sometimes I do that for races. So I've done it like Warrior uh, Rush, the uh, dirt runner event, had like the gladiator symbol as their, one of their embrace medals. So I started researching like Roman gladiators for a while. Anyway, with so few races going on, and one of them being Casey Timber, and their mascot is a Sasquatch, so like I started going down the Sasquatch rabbit hole, and I mean, you oh go off God. the deep end real, real quick. Like oh my God. Like you, you go more than one documentary in, you have already you've already gone off the deep end. It gets crazy real quick. You know, and it's like all these document. I'm using air quotes for documentaries, it's just like people sitting in the woods by themselves, like hearing noises. It's they're completely terrible. Um, there are some decent books. Uh, Max Brooks, the author of world war Z just came out with a, um, it's written like a nonfiction book, but obviously it's fiction of a Sasquatch attack book. It's, it's actually, it's actually pretty good, it has some interesting commentary on like a current social, um, you know, it's about this, like, green living community that lives out in the middle of nowhere in the Pacific Northwest. And then there's, like, a giant uh, volcano eruption. And then they essentially they get trapped, and then Sasquatch attacks them. Our family is Sasquatch. <laughs> anyway.
1: So Zombie a, apocalypse Sasquatch is going to be what? <laughs> it,
0: it, it, it's voiced by some famous actors, so it's actually pretty good. It's called Devolution, that book. But, um yeah, anyway, so the – I started going down the Sasquatch rabbit hole, long story short, there's, I mean, there's just nothing there, right? Like they, they keep taking things that are very similar to one type of, like they'll use an example of an animal where something has, it was gone from fiction to reality, like the giant squid. Um, and then they will use that as, you know, Oh, well, Bigfoot can go from big, uh, reality back into mainstream, but there's just very little evidence. Right. And then they'll be like, Oh, well, Wolverines are hard to get pictures of in the wild. It's like, yeah, but we have Wolverines in captivity. Yeah. We've captured them. We have their bone. Like, we have all the – and they'll be like, oh, you can ignore that. And then they're like, <laughs> none, of the, none of the genetic tests work. I mean, the, they can't decide on what size the footprint is or, you know, how many you – know, the crepe thing of the toes, the, the famous film, the uh, Patterson-Gimlin film, the one, like, everyone associates with Sasquatch where he, like, turns and looks at the camera. Yeah. Like, that dude
1: mm-hmm. went into
0: the woods to shoot a Sasquatch fiction movie. And then happened to see Sasquatch in the last like 20 seconds of film, and said it was a real Sasquatch. It wasn't Uh a fiction thing. Like the whole. And then like a couple years later, you know, years later, some guy came out and was like, "Yeah, I was the dude in the costume." So there's just (laughs) there's just nothing there. And uh, (laughs) yeah, so Sasquatch, don't don't. You know, it could be real, but it's uh, there's just no evidence. Period. So
1: if Evan goes off the grid, he's not doing uh, ultra OCR anymore. He's going off the grid, search for Sasquatch
0: that's right that's what's yeah. happening. <laughs> the, the one interesting yeah. is, thing is there is a uh i can't remember the name uh oh Gigantopithecus is the name of a. Uh, it's an like a really old gorilla that died out you know i can't remember how long ago but you know thousands of years ago uh where they think it may have walked upright like sasquatch uh but they only have a mandible from it so they don't they don't know if it really walked upright or if it walked on all fours like other gorillas but like something with the bone posture. They think it, some people think it, it walked upright. So,
1: so we said you researched, you researched.
0: Oh yeah. I go, I like think I said, I go off the deep end. I go, I go <laughs> in deep. I'm, like you see, you see the ultra OCR side of me. Like that's yeah. why I expose publicly. But like I go, when I find a topic, I, I mean, I drill down until I hit rock bottom and then I, I switch topics. So
1: <laughs> good Lord. That's amazing.
0: All right, we're going to get going. I hope you enjoyed learning a little bit about Sasquatch. And um, <laughs> if anyone wants to try to prove that Sasquatch exists with some grainy footage, uh, feel free to send it my way and I'll I'll pick it apart. But, all right, before we go, any final shout-outs you want to give? Fenn's family sponsors. We'll start with Jenny and then go to Lisa. Um.
2: Yeah, I, I mean, I have friends, my family, um, everybody that supports me. And when I do, thank you them so much, because, like I said, I am a mom and full time working, and I, ha- I need all the support I can to get the training in that I need and kind of make life go around um, to all of our sponsors with CTG. I know there's a lot of them, and I appreciate every single one of them and Endele is also um, one of my supplement sponsors, and um, it's a product that I really believe in so
1: shout
0: out to them too cool lisa what do you got
1: it's all you know the normal like i want to of course my friends and family that support me especially during the last year um of this return and of course um, my top sponsor right now is a uh, atomic i wouldn't be where i was am today if it wasn't for them and just the amazing training tools that they've provided and the fact that i can go outside and just train and get back to where I was even though the doctor said you'll never be back so thanks Atomic for getting me back
0: oh they were huge especially during quarantine where like I you know you couldn't go to the gym and you had all the training tools you needed right there absolutely love them Jenny you have the ninja board tell people about that real quick
2: yes yeah so that is a little board that had um like a small section of a pegboard it has some different size um holds that you can use it has um hooks on the bottom i'm trying to think of everything that it has because it has a lot that you can hang different grips from um it has some like ball grips at the top it's really just got everything that you need to work grip strength um yeah i love that thing
0: yeah if i lived in an apartment and only could buy one thing to train on i would buy the ninja board you know, I think it's like $250, but it, yeah. like you said, it has fingertip grips. It has you know ball grips for hanging on the outside or doing wide grip pull-ups, uh, reverse grips, and you can switch out the nunchucks and stuff like that and a pegboard all in one. So a very, very awesome tool there. And finally, Conquer the Gauntlet Pro Team OCR Workouts to Go is now in digital and hard copy. I finally figured out how to do hard copy off Amazon. So if anyone wants the hard copy of that book, uh, you can pick it up or the digital copy, which is kind of how I intended it to be used. So it could always be on your phone. You can just grab workouts from there whenever you need them. And then if you listen to the intro and outro music of this, uh, we switched a couple episodes ago. My, actually the, the priest of my church actually wrote the intro and outro music. So Dino Sinos, so you can look them up on YouTube. And um, very interesting. Cause it's like hard rock type stuff. It's not, byzantine music which you know the what the music they sing in church is from like you know that it's like over a thousand years old right so it's it's quite a drastic mm-hmm. change from uh what you're hearing on the intro and outro and then on top of that i started doing some work for them where we started producing taking his sermons and actually producing a podcast so if anyone wants to hear some orthodox christianity religious content you can search for annunciation greek orthodox church and it's available on all major podcast streaming platforms and you can see here's weekly sermons basically and you can hear his spiritual encouragements that he puts out usually like once or twice a week and so i'll be editing and throwing those up onto the internet so people can download and listen and uh, unlike the lengthy orthodox service you can hear the sermon you know in a couple minutes versus sitting for the whole service so good way to get some some additional content there so feel free to subscribe to that and we'll throw some of those links for some of the stuff we've mentioned in this episode in the show notes below all right we're gonna take off i'm tired i'm going to bed i went to rokc Mm -hmm. today and climbed and ran 13 miles and it was awesome so
1: that's excellent
0: and then i I went to the gym it was like all i did today was work out it was great
1: yeah
0: (laughs) so all right, we'll 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 catch both of you later and right. hopefully Thanks, see some of you, or I'll, I'll see Jenny at Extreme Timber Challenge. And uh, yep. ho- hopefully, we we'll see some of the listeners there and also at Conca the Gauntlet, Oklahoma, which I don't think I'm going to now. I got some other stuff going Aww. on.
1: Aww. Aww. Yeah, Aww. we're not sure yet. Doug has built a mobile home. If he gets it built, we'll go.
0: <laughs> awesome. <laughs> Yeah. All right. I will be
2: there. Knock on wood that it happens.
0: Will your yeah. mobile home have um, OCR accessories built into it?
1: Um, I, I don't would... know. And don't let Doug listen to this podcast because otherwise, yes, <laughs> it definitely will. <laughs> so it's going to be little. It's just enough for us to sleep in. Okay. So that after Atomic driving... Ninja Board would probably be perfect. Yeah, for... the Ninja Board would be perfect for that. Yeah. After driving 6,000 miles last month, I I'm... I told him like we need something that we can sleep in. I'm tired of hotels. So
0: interesting. My dad's gonna. <laughs> my dad. Uh, we we have a discussion about RVs, and my dad's gonna enjoy that some of his comments. So yeah, it's yeah. interesting.
1: So,
0: yeah, uh, there one right. of the Rob <laughs> Butler who owns or used to own Shale Hill. Uh, used mm-hmm. to have a company called Synergy Sports, and one of the things they made was like a trailer hitch that you could yeah. like attach a rope climb to and do some other things with. Oh, that's kind of like, cool. Like a mobile obstacle course gym. But.
1: Yeah, that's really cool. Yeah, I'm sure at some point, and I told him, I said, it just needs to be basic for, you know, a month, in a month, and then we can upgrade from there. But it's like a, you know, because we camp everywhere. We're fine camping, but um, but not always, you know, is it weather permitted to camp, so. Yeah. And sometimes before a race, you just kind of want a bed. You don't want to sleep on the ground, So especially when you're, you know, 45 and 50 years old, so. <laughs> I kind of want to sleep in a bed once in a while, so
0: Awesome. Yeah. All right, we'll let you go and we'll see you hopefully later this year. Fantastic. good. Thanks guys.
2: Thank you.